Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And on your screen is the game on the lips of everyone around gaming, Cyberpunk 2077. And now, with a playlist of what I believe is going to be in the double digits after this video goes up, a number of you have asked the question, will CD Projekt Red get sued for this? A lot of comments to my videos, especially about people that have purchased the game and want to know whether or not they can sue for things like uh, product liability, false promises, deceptive advertising, things along those lines. And as we've done in the past in virtual legality, one of the things I tend to tell those people is that it's a very difficult road to bring a claim like that. You've got a relatively minimum expense of $60. I know that's a lot of money for a lot of people, especially in 2020. But when we're talking about significant issues that the Federal Trade Commission or other regulatory bodies will be looking at, a lot of the time they limit their oversight, their reach to things that are costing people millions and millions of dollars that are otherwise harming them physically or causing them damages. So it's very difficult to bring a claim on a consumer basis against a video game company because the frame rate is low or even because it crashes. If it's not catching your living room on fire, then it's a very difficult lawsuit to bring. But as a number of you flagged for me in DMs on social media, in comments to my videos, way too many to fully give hat tips to. So just know if you did flag this story for me, I am very thankful that you did. Many, many, many outlets are reporting on the possibility that CD Projekt, the parent company to CD Projekt Red, the developers of Cyberpunk 2077, may well be facing lawsuits, not necessarily from the consumers, the video gamers, the players of Cyberpunk 2077, but from those that invested in the company. CD Projekt is a publicly traded company in Poland, which means that they are listed on a Polish stock exchange of some kind. And apologies, I'm not familiar with the stock exchanges over in Europe or in Poland, but however that looks, they're available on those exchanges. And here in the United States, investors are capable of investing through depository institutions in the stock of foreign entities. So really globally, everybody can get burned when a company that is publicly traded decides to burn folks. Or as this has been reported in places like Game Industry Biz, investors reportedly considering class action lawsuit against CD Projekt Red. Meanwhile, management has been grilled by staff over unrealistic deadlines for Cyberpunk 2077 development. That's another story in Bloomberg, which you can check out. We're not actually going to cover that particular story as part of this video. We might uh, further on in the series. But as the headline says, investors are considering a class action lawsuit. And what that means, why it's important, why it's more serious of a threat to a video game publisher than maybe consumers being upset about frame rate or crashes or even bugs, whatever it might be, is something that we're going to talk about as part of this video. I am a commercial transactions lawyer. I am in the business of helping companies get funded by selling what we call securities, which is a fancy word for things like stock. It really means things that you can purchase that rely on growth in value outside of your own efforts that you've given money to somebody else to do something with, and whether that's debt or equity, stock or units or something in between, it means that you are protected by the securities laws of the various jurisdictions that we're talking about. There's federal securities laws in the United States, there's state securities laws for each individual state in those United States, and there are financial protection securities laws 
in the European Union, in Poland, and in various places where you could possibly invest in CD Projekt Red. So as this article says, CD Projekt Red's own investors are reportedly exploring the possibility of suing the developer for misrepresenting Cyberpunk 2077. The New York Times cites a post on Polish financial website Bankier in which a Warsaw-based attorney and CD Projekt investor announced he and his team are analyzing whether there are grounds for a class action lawsuit. Bloomberg also reports, as we just mentioned, that the company held an internal meeting on Thursday in which frustrated staff questioned management about issues with the game's development. Two anonymous attendees said the meeting began with executives apologizing for Cyberpunk's disastrous launch. But why ultimately does this happen? If Cyberpunk just launched and it was terrible and it still had 8 million pre-orders and there wasn't really this big uprising and tumult around the internet, none of this would happen. The reason this happens is this last paragraph in this article, CD Projekt's stock fell in the run-up to launch with a sharp decline after the game released. At the time of this writing, it has dropped 43% since its last high on December 4th, the lowest it has fallen since March. So 2020 has been a ride in any event. And for those of you that have theories and thoughts about how market investors hype things and then sell off things, this is probably a great example to use. This will probably be analyzed in various business courses around the United States and around the globe. But suffice it to say, it had risen during the course of the year as investors got excited about what the release of Cyberpunk could mean for the company's prospects and then crashed when all of December happened with CD Projekt Red. So the question is, is somebody to blame for that? And when you have this much money lost by a significant number of people, there will always be lawyers that are willing to help you ask that question. And I believe it's described in this article to analyze what could possibly be the issue here. Could there be grounds for a lawsuit? Eurogamer reports the same thing. CD Projekt investors may sue over quote unquote materially misleading information. CD Projekt may have issued materially misleading information to their shareholders and investing public alleges one complaint. Now, as far as I know, there's no legal complaints. When we see that word, it doesn't it generally means that there's a lawsuit involved. There's something that's actually been formally proposed to a court of law somewhere. That hasn't happened yet. Right now, the current state of play is that there are lawyers, and yes, they're basically always lawyers, looking in to see if there isn't money to be made in terms of bringing an action on behalf of the investors of CD Projekt Red, or CD Projekt, my apologies, against that company because so much money was lost. Now, what is the theory on which all this relates? Well, it's basically the same kind of theory that you would see with respect to fraud. Right, I've pulled up the Wikipedia entry because this is a fairly complicated set of economics kind of concepts, and we're going to shorten it to this Wikipedia entry. Obviously, if there's anybody that teaches business or business and law or financial uh, approaches to market regulation, I apologize in advance. You do good work. You have a whole semester that you talk about these kinds of things, and we're going to shorten it to about 60 seconds. But suffice it to say, the overall thesis around why the Securities and Exchange Commission exists, what it is that they are intended to do is to protect investors from the company and the officers, and the executives at the companies that could otherwise deceive the market in some way by withholding or leaking or otherwise manipulating and managing the dissemination of information to that market. Fraud on the market theory, as Wikipedia puts it, is the idea that stock prices are a function of all material information about the company and its business. That the economy, the stock exchange, 
works the best on the premise that the information, even if it's separated amongst a bunch of different actors, got out there and that the market is overall evaluating the position of the company with all relevant information available to anybody that wants it. It applies to securities markets, stock exchanges, where it can be assumed that all material information is available to investors. The theory states that under these conditions, there is a causal link between any misstatement and any stock purchaser because the misstatements defraud the entire market and thus affect the price of the stock. Therefore, a material misstatement's effect on an individual purchaser is no less significant than the effect on the entire market. So what we are talking about right now is a notion that CD Projekt can manipulate its stock price to benefit somebody somewhere and to defraud the entire market by having those misstatements disseminated out. And if there is going to be a a successful lawsuit, it's going to be on the premise that they had these deceptive statements, they put out this false information and somehow benefited themselves in a way that hurt the investors and the market on the whole. As I said in my earlier video, only last week, seems like a year ago at this point, one of the things I said was CDPR, or in this case, CD Project, depending on how you frame these statements, they should probably stop talking because they've had these investor calls, they've had these emergency board calls where they have said things that are very likely to get them in trouble. Now, I also said as part of that video, it's very difficult for them to stop talking completely. Why? Because they are a public corporation. And when you are a public corporation, you have an obligation to keep the information out there in the market as up to date as possible. That fraud on the market theory, which we will see in a couple of places, is actually put into the statutory requirements that corporations have to deal with in these various jurisdictions. That means that you have to disclose things when they happen. When Sony pulled Cyberpunk 2077 off the store, you saw an immediate board response commentary and disclosure within 10 minutes of that happening because they had to, because investors would want that information when they are deciding to buy or to sell stock in CD Projekt. So when they go out there with an emergency board call, And when they go out there with statements in the month before the emergency board call, you can start to see how a case can be framed that there was potentially this kind of fraud on the market concept. I've pulled up a PC Games N article here that's just kind of pulling out some of the bits of the transcript from their call in October when they delayed the game for, I believe it was the third time this year. They said Cyberpunk 2077 is ready for PC, but CDPR is still working on current-gen versions. Talking about the new release date, CEO Adam Kaczynski explains that the decision wasn't easy, but inevitably, you'll only get one chance to make a first impression, and a good one means more sales. It's really kind of wild to go back. I highly recommend it if you're interested in this story in its breadth to go back to October, maybe go back even further to other statements that CD Projekt and CD Projekt Red made because they're right. Obviously, it's important to make a good first impression, but oh my gosh, how much they failed bringing this home at the end of 2020. Better initial reaction to the game always works in favor of more sales, he says. That is why we are delaying. We don't have to, but having this extra time gives us more certainty that everything will be in the game when we release. Note some of the language there. We don't have to delay. The thing is ready. It could go out right now. We just have to get the quality up. Following on from the recent delay, Kaczynski explains that CDPR is planning some organizational changes, which really should have been a red flag to more people when those kinds of statements go out there. Hey, we're going to change the company after this game releases because, wow, 
with future projects as too many things were put together at late stages. All sorts of trouble. Passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all content in it, CDPR tweeted, but it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We are done. We just have to improve the quality of the game. And I think a lot of people would disagree with that statement, and a lot of prospective investors would probably disagree with that statement. By the time you get to a situation where Sony is removing the game as effectively faulty because they're honoring so many refunds and they've been asked to honor refunds by CD Projekt, then you really have to go back and look at the statements that were conditioning the market to believe everything is going to be fine and then counter position them against the statements that they actually had to go out with last week. Statements like, after three delays, we as the management board were too focused on releasing the game. We underestimated the scale and complexity of the issues. We ignored the signals about the need for additional time to refine the game on the base last-gen consoles. It was the wrong approach and against our business philosophy. On top of that, during the campaign, we showed the game mostly on PCs. This caused the loss of gamers' trust and the reputation that we've been building through a big part of our lives. That's why our first steps are solely focused on regaining those two things. But just look at these sequences of statements. We were too focused on X. We ignored the signals. It was the wrong approach. These are all fine things to think. And it's to their credit, I suppose, that they're transparent enough to go out with this publicly. But when you have a history of marketing your game throughout the year, I pulled one article. You can probably find a dozen statements where you've got various parties at CD Projekt saying, oh, the game's going to be fine. You should be fine about investing in the company effectively. And then you come out the week after launch and say, hey, you know what? That was all wrong. We actually have to issue an apology for hiding the visuals, not just from consumers, but from investors. And that's what leads to articles like the ones we just read. That's what leads to statements like this one, which is the one referenced for a Polish attorney. Now, this is translated through Google Translate, so apologies in advance. This says, I'm a Warsaw attorney and a CD Projekt Red investor. In connection with the recent events, and in particular, the suspension of the sale of Cyberpunk 2077 product, we are currently analyzing, together with the law firm's team, the grounds for bringing a class action together with the notification of the possibility of committing a crime under Article 286 of the Penal Code, the Polish Penal Code, as far as I understand it, misrepresentation in order to obtain financial benefits. And if we go and we look at that particular piece of the Polish Penal Code, we see that it says, whoever, with the purpose of gaining a material benefit, causes another person to disadvantageously dispose of his own or someone else's property by misleading him, or by taking advantage of a mistake or inability to adequately understand the action undertaken, shall be subject to the penalty of deprivation of liberty, prison, for a term of between six months and eight years, and a bunch of other stuff. Now, you bring a class action not because you want to see the executives of CD Projekt go to prison, it's because you want money, and undoubtedly that would be what they would pursue. But it's interesting to note here that at least what is referenced is not specifically a securities kind of concept. This just says any material benefit that you get effectively by defrauding someone else, by deceiving them, that you get their assets, you get their money, then that is something that's subject to penalty. Prison here also references to other fines and criminal penalties. 
in the United States, I generally direct people to looking at Rule 10b-5, which if you're a securities lawyer, if you're just at all familiar with funding a company, is probably a number designation that you have heard many times before. Employment of manipulative and deceptive devices. It shall be unlawful, again in the United States, for any person directly or indirectly by the use of any means or instrumentality of interstate commerce or of the mails or of any facility of any national securities exchange. So that's everybody, anybody that ever used the internet for purposes of US law, in case you're wondering, to employ any device scheme or artifice to defraud. We like our fancy language to make any untrue statement of a material fact or, and this is where they get you sometimes, to omit to state a material fact necessary in order to make the statements made in the light of circumstances under which they were made not misleading. Understand what that says. Yeah, we can get you for lying. That's somewhat easy. We can also get you for not stating something that would clarify another statement or set of circumstances that another reasonable party would assume meant something that you know darn well it doesn't mean. So if you go out there with statements in October and say things like, hey, the game was done. You know what? We're just improving quality. This is just us being really, really good people. We don't want to have a game that doesn't have the quality levels that we want out there. So we're just trying to make it even better than it already is, even though we could sell it tomorrow if we wanted to. When now in the face of December, that looks like it's anything but the case. When you have those kinds of statements, that juxtaposition, it's the kind of thing where even a lawyer like me who says it's very difficult to bring claims, very difficult to bring claims against these giant corporations for things that amount to bad video games. Once you have a third party like Sony delisting them, that is going to bring the lawyers, the, the, the class action attorneys out of the woodwork. Finally, we have C, you're not allowed to engage in any act, practice, or course of business which operates or would operate as a fraud or deceit upon any person in connection with the purchase or sale of any security, right? And CD Projekt, as a public company, as a company that helps facilitate the exchange of its stock globally, not just in Poland, but also in the United States, this is the kind of thing that can result in a claim being brought against you, which is why we see as listed here on Yahoo Finance, CD Projekt, SA Class Action Alert, Wolf Haldenston, Adler Freeman, and Herds LLP announces that it is investigating a potential securities class action lawsuit against CD Projekt. And what do they quote? It's exactly what we would expect. On December 18th, Market Insider reported that Sony announced on Friday that it was pulling Cyberpunk from its PlayStation store. The Market Insider report also quoted the company's co-CEO, stating during an analyst call that after three delays, we were too focused on releasing the game and we ignored signals about the need for additional time to refine the game on the base last-gen consoles. On this news, the company's share price fell 349 per ADR or 15%. Hey, we litigate these things. Contact us. Why? Because they need a lead plaintiff. They need to assemble a class. The other component of things that people generally ask me is how does all this work? At which point I generally have to tell people, hey, I'm not a litigator. I'm not a class action litigator, but I have dealt with them. I have worked with them. They've been my colleagues 
in big law firms. And I do find that there are useful blog posts that help summarize these kinds of things for people. So I've pulled up now the Burger Montague blog, and I think they do a good job of summarizing the high level stuff that we need to know. Obviously, as a disclaimer for them, none of this video is legal advice. You can't take any of this as legal advice. Even if you're an investor in CD Projekt, none of this should be taken as investment advice. You see me referencing a lot of stock quotes and things along those lines. I think anybody that's watching this video knows that, but it's still worth saying because only you, if you're an investor or only you, if you're seeking out legal counsel, can decide on any of this and whether it is right or pertinent to you. But what is a securities class action? A securities class action is a lawsuit brought on behalf of a group of investors who have suffered an economic loss in a particular stock or security as a result of fraudulent stock manipulation or other violations of federal or state securities law. I don't think anybody is really accusing CD Projekt of going out there with the deliberate intent of defrauding its investors. Unfortunately for them, that might not be necessary, depending on the law of Poland, depending on how people might interpret uh, 10b-5 and other securities laws in the United States. In federal practice, such cases are brought by one or more investors in the stock known as lead plaintiffs on behalf of all others who have suffered financial losses as a result of purchasing shares in a company during the period of time, the fraud or securities laws violations artificially inflated the value of the stock, essentially by downplaying all the problems that they were having internally with this game and knowing, is the claim that would be made for these investors, that once they released it in December, they would face situations like the one they are presently facing with Sony and, and really with, with everybody else. What is a class period? Well, the class period typically is the time frame during which it is believed that alleged fraud or other securities law violations artificially inflated the price of the stock at issue in the case. Said another way for purposes of this discussion, it's at bare minimum December, right? You saw it referenced in the Game Industry Biz article how it was inflated at the top of December and then immediately kind of fell once the game released. It's at bare minimum December, could be longer than that could be effectively from March, where you saw that same Game Industry Biz article say that was where the previous low was, that they were effectively inflating investment in their company throughout the entirety of the year, and you were defrauded because you thought the company was telling you what was materially important, and your claim would be that they did not, in fact, do so. Now, what kind of recovery can I expect if you're an investor? Well, until the litigation is well underway, it is impossible to determine what recovery might be possible, whether by settlement or following judgment at trial. Securities cases not dismissed for legal reasons at the outset of the litigation usually settle. And they say usually here, I think that's underplaying it. If you survive a motion to dismiss, if you survive that initial attempt of the company to kick you out of court, almost all of these are going to settle because it's fairly easy for the company to see what the damages projected are, what the attorney's fees are going to be, what its likelihood of success is ultimately going to be at the end of the day. And so you have a conversation that says, let's pick a number that is less than the worst case scenario when this gets all the way to the end of the trial phase. So almost always it settles if it doesn't get kicked out of court. And then you'll get something if you're an investor. Typically, a settlement consists of a payment of cash stock or combination of both to a common fund to be distributed to the class in proportion to the amount each class member is determined to have lost. The maximum possible recovery, which rarely is attained, is the amount of loss attributable to the illegal conduct, less attorney's fees and costs, and that's why you see that last phrase there, less attorney's fees and costs. That's why you see these articles all coming out of law firms, right? You see even the investor person in Poland say, hey, by the way, I'm an investor in CD Projekt. I also run a law firm. We're looking at whether or not we should get a lead plaintiff because these are very lucrative actions to bring from a legal perspective. 
And this isn't intended to disparage class action securities attorneys, okay? They do good work. They do important work in keeping these companies honest. But the reason that you see them come out of the woodwork when there's a 43% fall in a stock is because ordinarily the market doesn't screw up that badly without some help from the company. So goes the theory. And if there is that loss, there's enough money on the line to justify paying attorneys a whole heck of a lot to take on these kinds of cases. So you see this driven by litigators. You see this driven by lawyers. Doesn't mean they don't have a case. It does mean that you should take it with a grain of salt because they may or may not have an investment stake in the company as the Polish law firm suggests that it does, but they definitely want to get those less attorney's fees and costs. How long does a class action like this usually take to settle? Well, the typical securities class action takes approximately two to three years from when the initial complaint is filed, which hasn't happened yet in this instance. So you are looking at not getting any kind of answer to this question for a number of years. And that's what CD Projekt and CD Projekt Red is facing right now. Now, I do want to say a few things about all this. One, it isn't illegal to make a mistake. And I think people get confused on this point. But the board of directors of these companies, the executive officers, very smart, very well-paid people that are hopefully using data and making good choices. But it doesn't mean that they acted illegally. It doesn't mean that they defrauded the market just because they screwed up. You actually have to bring a case that shows that there was an intentionality there, that they were hiding something, that they knew or a reasonable person should have known that things were not exactly as they were portraying them. Now, you do have reasons to believe that CD Projekt might get in trouble for these kinds of things, right? At the same time that this story is all happening, there's also another set of articles that talks about, as Eurogamer puts it here, the fact that GOG has advised Cyberpunk 2077 players to keep a lower amount of items to avoid corrupting save files. Basically, if you craft too many things, you could get in trouble. The save file size limit might be increased in one of our future patches, but the corrupted files will remain that way. Please use an older save file to continue playing and try to keep a lower amount of items and crafting materials, the message says, right? They say, hey, sorry about that. Please use an older save file. Uh, We might increase it later on, but you will have lost your save file. And this might be a PC issue. This might extend to the consoles. Nobody really knows. But what we do know is that this is only the latest in a series of news articles about whether or not the Cyberpunk 2077 product was even ready for prime time in terms of a retail release here in early December 2020. And if it wasn't, If you were getting all of these bugs, all of these problems, and you released it anyway, knowing that this was going to be a potential problem, but you wanted to lock in those 8 million pre-orders, then potentially an investor class action lawsuit with discovery rights and otherwise trying to extract money from you if your CD project could make a legitimate case that you were lying, that there was fraud on the market, that there was at bare minimum an omission of the things that you needed to tell people in order for investors to know whether or not investment in your company was a good idea or not. And once you get down that road, well, the world opens up to you in terms of legal exposure. So people ask me, will CD Projekt get sued? Anytime there's a fall in a stock like this, the class action lawyers are going to start looking for a lead plaintiff and seeing if there is a there there. So they might get sued. They might not. I would be betting that they will be. 
And whether or not things actually settle, whether or not they wind up paying amounts to investors on this question, in large part, depends on what they knew, when they knew it, and just how bad Cyberpunk 2077 looked from the inside of CD Projekt Red. Hopefully this was informative. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I love talking about the business and law of video games, music, movies, television, and everything else. As I said, this has been our 10th Cyberpunk video. This was our most unexpected series. CD Projekt Red has long been a favorite developer of mine. I never would have expected in a million years that the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 would lead to a series like this one. And in all honesty, it's when you don't expect it that companies like that can really get away with a little something. So it wouldn't surprise me if there is some there there with these investor concerns and potential complaints. If you like this video, please like, share, subscribe, ring bells. I did want to tell you folks that have been in virtual legality for a long time that love checking in with us. My currently anticipated schedule is to continue these videos through about the Christmas uh, era here, Christmas Eve, Christmas, something along those lines. And then probably to not do a daily video between Christmas and New Year's. I know a number of you are taking off. I'm probably going to try to take some time off myself. But if something big hits or if the mood just strikes me, there might well be episodes of Virtual Legality. But I don't anticipate keeping to my fairly regular schedule during that interregnum uh, week-long period for the holidays. So if this is the last video that you check out, please have a wonderful holiday season. Stay safe out there. uh, And please... (laughs) Help us all welcome in 2021. I know we need it. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.